Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North. Episode four. I am your host, Michael. Oh, do, they call, do they call me Goodwill or Michael? I, I don't know. We'll just say Goodwill. Him over there with the frosted tips, as most people will probably know me. Um, I am joined by my wonderful, hardworking co-host, Graham. Oh, me. Oh, hello. Yeah. I am a person. I exist. I am a corporeal entity, perhaps. But yeah. yeah he is, no, guys. We've seen him in person. <laughs> Lord of the Frosted Tips. No. He's, he's not a doing? changeling. Oh, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. To be fair, if I was a changeling, I'd give myself hair. Even if it was like, <laughs> you know, even if it was like Odo or his like sort of doctor father, you know, I just watched that yeah. episode again where you just kind of like, they have a complicated relationship, but also like I'm the doctor's weak. a bit of a dick. Um, but yeah, I would have given myself hair if I was a changeling, unless it's a <laughs> double bluff. And we are joined by a very, very special guest this week, guys, from the awesome YouTube channel, Spectrum Sanctorum. We have the lovely Captain Dove, as I'm going Hello, to Hello, and... Greetings from across the pond, as we we like to say here in the United States of America. It's Joe. Hello, hello. How hello. are you guys? I was going to come in with the America, <laughs> but I, I don't know. We'll get like a bald eagle sort of graphic, yeah. sort of yeah. down. So. We'll we'll do it in post. We'll <laughs> yeah, bring flames of eagles. <laughs> um, but yes, this is the lovely, wonderful uh, Captain. Joe Dove uh, from Spectrum Sanctorum, um, the YouTube channel that does literally everything you can think of nerd-wise and covers everything that you can think of nerd-wise. Do you want to talk us through what you guys do over there? Sure. We've got everything in everyone is welcome in the Spectrum Sanctorum because we go everywhere from collectibles, like all the wondrous things you see behind me. And... I want all of it. I want all of the toys. <laughs> And of course, we go into throws into the 80s with He-Man and, and Ghostbusters and plenty of other shows in the VHS vault. We go into movies and classics that you remember going up and down those aisles of Blockbuster to get and return two days later or pay a phenomenal fee. <laughs> we, <laughs> we dive into He-Man of the Masters of the Universe and the power of J-Skull. And we get behind the curtain when we interview people from all treks of life that are involved in movie, TV, and streaming production. So we do it all. We have a lot of fun. And our main flagship is the Captain's Quadrant, where I, Joe Dove, talk about all things Star Trek with my mates, Jason and Jason. They're like a legal team. <laughs> they <laughs> knew you needed, but you really do. Don't get Battlecat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Battlecat is the new number one. <laughs> and, and of course, Nita, our Klingon warrior who joins recently. And we we have a blast. We we just have so much fun. We've had Jake on uh, one week later, where we go back and look at the latest releases of the week after to see what ha happened after the dust settled and either the numbers were good or bad. And we'll get into it and we'll chat and it's a lot of fun. Make sure you uh, check them out. I'll put all everything in the description below, guys. Uh, make sure you give Spectrum Sanctorum a follow on everywhere because uh, I believe you're on Twitter, yeah. Instagram. TikTok. Yep. Facebook. Uh, we're, we're, we're sporadic on TikTok. We're more um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, of course, and um, YouTube. 
is our mainstay. So, and we're also, I'm way too old for TikTok. I am like, I'm trying to do it. And like, I've got friends who are like showing me all these things. And I'm just like going, but, but it's five seconds long. You know, they just just released an update. It's now 10 minutes long. Wow. Oh, okay. I can get into this. Tell a story in 10 minutes. Yeah, you can tell the whole story. So I woke up this morning, you know, you really get into it. But what's fascinating is my little cousin's on TikTok and my mother, who's disabled, she's in a, a home for the age, and she's on TikTok and she's about 70. So she, you don't, you're not young. You're yeah. not too old. You're not too young. You can always jump on TikTok. That's what, that's my point there. And if you're on TikTok, you can follow me as Captain uh, Dove CQ at Dis Dungeon CQ. Cool. Um, yeah, no, we'll put that in, I don't know, the, the description, I guess. Yeah, it yeah. will be in the description below, right? Down oh, there. Yes, thank you. Fingers I appreciate it. I'm, I'm so happy to be here because I love talking Trek. I was almost up till two in the morning uh, just talking to other random people on the old internets going, oh, but then this happens. So now I get to do it with my guys from Nerdy Up North. So glad to be on your channel. You guys are amazing and you're so welcoming. And uh, when I come over there, we'll have a few pints, right? Oh, more than a few. All right. Definitely, we'll have <laughs> at least fifty. Oh, if wow. you're entering All the right. north, the, if you're entering the north of England, the minimum limit is at least what ten, twenty-five. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty wow. sure Newcastle has a "you must be this drunk to enter" sign. Oh yes, of course, yes, yes. Yeah. No courts allowed. I got to detox my liver beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> but Grim, or busy man of the north, what have you been doing this week? What have I been doing? Well, I've been doing. Pissing snatch talk again. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my life now. It's a, but it's it's got a bit weird because basically I'm. Uh, if you haven't seen the previous episodes, I am currently there is a big drag uh, Newcastle drag competition that's every year happening at the moment, and I'm the correspondent for it. So I do all of the backstage interviews and stuff with the contestants and whatnot. But even though we were trying to organize some kind of agreement, I was too busy like to spread out duties between people. Um, I was too busy in December and January and February. Um, and basically, I'm just doing it all myself again, which means oh, that a lot of my week is dedicated to writing, editing, getting into drag to film, and then oh, putting it all it. together and stuff. And just being like, oh, and see so kind of you know, you finish at like 11 p.m. on like Wednesday, getting the edit done, and then you can set it off rendering and whatnot. And then on Thursday, you're like, cool, I can I can sleep. And oh, no, I agree to do a gig tonight. Great. Okay. Nice. You know? Wow. And it's just, it never stops, but it's only for six weeks. It's a six-week competition and stuff. But uh, in April, I will be free, which means I can return to the other Nerdy Up North podcasts and, and whatnot. Nice. But uh but the fact is, I'm such a massive fan of Star Trek, and I'm like really loving the series of Picard. So I'm quite glad that I'm able to be like, okay, cool. Fridays are my day off, but let's do fucking this. Let, let's yeah. do this, and you know, I'll probably be streaming on Twitch after this at uh, Sinoiz, S Y N O I Z. But this is pre-recorded, isn't it? So you, I won't be. <laughs> this is no. this is ah, that's how time works, right? Yes, we are we are non-linear. Uh, Star Trekking with Nerdy <laughs> and Off Time. Time yeah. is is merely a construct of the solids. Um, we are <laughs> yes. we are all but profits in a giant wormhole. Um, yes. Shall we get into this week's episode of Star Trek? Because let's do it. I yeah, absolutely. I I watched this on my lunch break today, um, and it was it was phenomenal. Like 
you know that giddiness like i was literally i haven't watched television where i'm sort of being like ah, ah, ah you know and oh like, my god it's a shared experience yeah getting so and then just, like so excited about it and stuff and it's like this i don't know and, and it feels weird because you know when you you wouldn't notice the absence of it but then when it happens you're like oh this is what i've been missing from loads of stuff and that this episode was like that so yeah i yeah i i actually started getting upset like i started getting worried every time it faded to black because i was like yes, oh is it over is this over oh no. you know oh they're, oh they're gonna end it there and then it like fades back in they're like oh cool okay more stuff cool great <laughs> yeah yeah and that's a weird sensation like it's just it's wonderful i agree it's been a while that obviously because when you're watching stuff online, you just you've got the little runtime. If you press pause or yeah. however however you watch it, we don't judge. However you watch it, but uh, <laughs> you know there were parts there were parts. Says says Mister, I watch it on Thursday. Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well no, I do. I also watch it on Friday, legitimately. So dodgy up north, as as we like to say. But um, <laughs> this was this was an episode, and I'm, this has been me for the last well every single episode where you look at the runtime and you go oh is it almost over <gasps> yeah i've got 20 minutes and you're just like yeah and it, it's just you want more and more of it um and and this week's episode yet again has has knocked it out of the park so let's get into episode four the no win scenario which my boy sean ferrick a trek culture put it down in his review because it was no non-hyphen win and I think Jason mentioned that as well uh, in your podcast. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because so uh, he's a the, school teacher, so of course he would mention that. Well, the grammar police, you see, <laughs> yeah. you can't get anything past them. You nope. cannot get anything yeah. past them. So let's get into Are it. Are we so, getting into Odo levels of pedanticism here? Is that <laughs> yes. the mention of the founders? Odo is the general <laughs> theme of all of Star Trek now. <laughs> That's right. Um, so... The show, uh, the episode opens with uh, a scene from five years ago, again in Guinan's bar. Um, again Picard, with this is where everyone knows your name. Yeah, like like I mentioned last week, where it was the idea of the, in the show they seem to be like, oh, if it's in the past, then we play some seventies, eighties music because that represents yeah. the past. Because uh, no yeah. other music has been made in the Trek universe. Like, yeah, they they could have played the soundtrack from what was it, Star Trek Beyond, when he was in the bar with Scotty, and they had. J.J. Abrams' actual band playing some strange alien music, but it was yeah. just J.J. Abrams. Yeah. I, I go yeah. deep sometimes. Be prepared. Well, I, <laughs> I, I wonder about this, though. Like, is it because they're trying to sort of, like, go, hey, this is old music for us, and therefore it represents the past to the viewer? Or are yes. they doing it as in oh, we don't really want to sort of just guess what alien music sounds like. You know how, like, you know, in a lot of stuff like Star Wars and things where it goes, like, where it goes like, oh yeah, this is what futuristic music sounds like, and it's literally just weird sort of synth sounds. And yeah. Just jump, like, okay. jump. yeah, yeah. It could be Klingon opera. Oh yeah, yeah. Could be Klingon, opera. but I mean, if they use modern music, if they use the music of today, could you really see Admiral Jean Luc Picard tucking into his fishing chips with Taylor Swift on the jukebox? <laughs> Maybe it's me. Breakup would it be? How many breakups would Taylor me, Swift? Me. <laughs> The five. This is his and yeah. Beverly's fifth She'd breakup. She'd be head in a jar, but still on like a seven hundred and fiftieth breakup. Yeah. Uh, the content coming, the gays are happy. So you know. Yeah. So, like I said, it opens up uh, with Picard in Guinan's bar, uh, just being delivered his quite anorexic haddock and chips. I may say, as a, as a true northerner, 
um who lives who lives near whitby and i'm like come on guys <laughs> we know picard he's a, you know patrick suit he's a true yorkshireman he'd be going hey what's up with this chip don't look at this bloody fish here look at it it's starved <laughs> but um so they he's about to need the replicators fixed <laughs> yeah <laughs> So he's about to tuck into his dinner, and then we see some cadets, uh, or we believe that they are cadets, in the first season Picard uniforms, approaching him, uh, wanted to ask some uh, questions about all of his uh, adventures. And um, they, on, they go on about uh, a story about Herosian hunting yeah. the, uh, the Enterprise. Melding the, the Voyager and Next Gen. Yeah. Which and another call out to Admiral Janeway as well. Yeah, which I'm hoping they do a series after they, yeah. since this oh, is the wrap. They have to. I, I think the whole thing is this is this has to be like a testing the waters thing where they're going, hey, what can we mention? And then if people pick up on it, they're like, oh, let's do it. Like you know, like obviously now they mentioned changelings. The reaction to that must have been so phenomenal that people are like going, we should probably do more involving them rather than yeah than being totally isolated to DS9. But I thought it was a mistake. Like they mentioned the Herogian, and I thought he was going to turn around and be like, nope, you're thinking of Janeway. Uh, but obviously, no, oh. this is law that we haven't seen that exists. And yeah, I think that's wonderful it. rather than like, you know, next gen, like, you know, Picard's stuff being limited to the, what we heard in the Stargazer and what we saw in next gen, you know. It's it's brilliant that they are um, they are basically unifying the, the next gen era uh, and amalgamating it into one show. Um, right. which is the crossover that we all wanted from the 90s, um, right. which they, they did the, talk. The yeah, they, they did talk about it. I, I think they wanted to do one big movie after after Nemesis, um, which was sort of like the ultimate crossover, but obviously the, the poor performance of Nemesis sort of canned anything mm. to do mm. with uh, the, the next-gen era. But, so the cadets, uh, he's, he's talking about uh, the how they how they beat the Herosian uh, with the cadets. And uh, he always says, you know, what you have to remember is no matter how uh, bleak or unwinnable the situation is, you are never without hope. And then we go straight into the Titan that is being pummeled like hell by rocks, drifted in, <laughs> hopeless. With a, you've killed us all. Um, <laughs> pummeling yeah, in. Brutal, man. Yeah. He, I, I still can't get over that from last week, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, so the Titans without hope, it's drifting. Um, Riker's on the bridge. He's you know they're trying to assess the situation. What can we do? Well, if we if we use the engines, we're just bleeding. We're hemorrhaging basically. The the ship is is bleeding to death. Um, mm -hmm. And if you use more energy, you're going to die quicker. So he makes a decision to basically divert all power to to life support, uh, just so that the crew have got a few hours. Uh, move them all into the common areas. Um, and then we we see that what I thought was quite mature of, of Riker going to visit Jean-Luc um, in, in his quarters and not apologizing, but sort of addressing, you know, basically, I'm speaking to you as a courtesy, spend time with your son. Um, and he goes into this quite touching uh, story about when he was burying Thaddeus and how, you know, mm. looking into the hole where the coffee room's going and it was bleak and it was lifeless. And, you know, he, he thought that he escaped all that. And here he is now in this nebula looking out the window at the same thing. Um, and you sort of understand that why he left uh, Deanna and his daughter 
Um, and I think this goes back to the first season where they found out that there was a cure for Thaddeus. Hmm. Um, and, I, and I think he struggled to cope with that, uh, struggled to cope with the fact that, you know, my son could have been saved. Um, and, I, and I think this is why he he left. I mean, he openly admits it towards the end, but um, you sort of get the glimmer of, you know, the the effects of the first season have, have, have affected Riker in a way where he's like, I, I have no hope and to escape, you know, to to basically save Deanna and my daughter, I've I've just left uh just left them. Um, I mean we'll we'll see throughout this episode like just how amazing the actual writing is on this. But this is a perfect scene of that where basically it's Troy's not in it, but it's basically telling you more about Troy because of how he describes it, about how he describes that him being an emotional void or him being so obsessed about this like affected her negatively and you know and that kind of gives this kind of wow I never thought about that like because obviously the only beta zoids that we get like we get fucking Roxana who is a villain basically she's yeah, like one yeah. of the best villains in drag and then yeah. you've got Troy where she's not a full empath but she's basically very emotional and and but also the idea of you know we were complaining about him telling Picard to go off get right. off the bridge yeah like, uh, last week and we felt that was out of character and then here we have him kind of apologizing well you know kind of coming back and being like look that was the heat of the moment you know like we're still friends kind of thing like you, you like you would do like you if you snap at someone you would go back and be like sort of okay cool are we yeah sorry and I think that's great characterization for it like that gives you know that turns something that we thought was a mistake into kind of a Oh, now you're even more of a character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic acting as well. I think one of the biggest takeaways from this episode is how much they spent into execution. Because yeah. sometimes in the previous seasons, things came a little flat. I don't know if that was because they spent so much time developing new characters or... Uh, but they're not giving them enough time. Get yeah. a new character and be like, you have one episode. Now you're just standing in the background for like three yeah, things. Yeah. You know? mm. yeah. And in our show, we like to call uh, Elnor Space Legolas. And uh, <laughs> we thought for sure we'd have... Legolas him. does stuff in the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> yeah, so. that's, true. that's true. Season two, he's like, just lie there. Just lie on the bed. We're yeah. going to pay you. Don't worry about it. You exist. But... <laughs> you are here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I thought it was it was fantastic that everybody's getting a decent amount of screen time, except for Worf and and Rafi. They they were like sands in this episode because it was a, a central focused um, isolation into the void, and you know the subsequent result of uh, overcoming this no one scenario. And yeah. it's one of the biggest uh, throws into Star Trek because Captain Kirk has always said the famous line, "I don't believe in no one scenarios," mm. and. Every Star Trek ship has, except for the ones that get destroyed in like Borg invasions or the Dominion, they usually yeah. find a way to get out of it. The main focus ships, there is no such thing as a no-win scenario, and then they but, proved it again. So I that's love. That's the thing. It's the same as like um, what is it, Troy? Troy when she's trying to like take the uh, captain's exam or whatever. Is it the commander's exam or the captain's exam when she's trying to captain's do that? And then you know, it's like so you'd think it was a no-win scenario, but you just have to kill Geordi. And right. yeah, so basically that that's the way it works. Yeah, just kill them. Yeah, that's how that's how you're supposed to win the Kobayashi Maru. You're supposed to blow up the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> there was a trick to it. 
but that's the thing that that's you know that's the ultimate test for captains a no-win scenario you have to learn to to accept your fate yep yeah um so we then we then go into seven of nine uh who is uh entering enton foster's uh quarters searching um trying to find out any clues about the changeling and then she finds Anson Foster, who has been dead for Whoops. a few days. Bit he was smelly. rather purple, wasn't he? <laughs> he was rather purple, yeah. A bit smelly yeah. uh, was Anson Foster. I'm surprised um, you didn't pick that up first. Ooh. ooh, ooh <laughs> yeah. wow. He's probably got a Glade plug-in in or something. <laughs> <laughs> got one of those little trees on his yeah, they, they change things just like, ha-ha, the ultimate deception. <laughs> yeah, it's a, Star, it's a, Starfleet of amalgamated Glade into their <laughs> yeah. system. Yeah, yeah. Mm, pine. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> So she goes to speak to Riker and basically says, you know, he's been dead for days. Um, he's he basically whoever this person is, they were healed before Jack came aboard. Um, and and I think this is good because Riker's basically saying, Well, I could reinstate you, but we have to keep this quiet for the morale. And if you are not reinstated, you can you know sort of get away with a lot more than you're what you could. You're a ranger, <laughs> yes, exactly. You're you're a maverick, you're you're a renegade. Um so, I love how choppy that scene was as well. Like it literally yeah. just cut to that scene, couple of words to get that across, and then went back to it. And I was just like, this is great because it's punchy, but then you're still hearing everything. The right. pacing in this section, yeah, it was it was brilliant because you've got this little her searching a dialogue with Riker, and then we go to Sick Bay, uh, where it's you know, Beverly starting to notice there's something up with these these bioelectric. Uh, pulses mm. that are affecting the ship's systems um, and because like I want to speak to Jack on you know for a few moments on their own and then it's bang straight back in to uh, Seven going to shore which I absolutely loved because this shows that yes Seven absolutely hates Shaw but she knows when she needs help and who the mm. best person is to go and get that help from you know she yeah. she knows oh, do I have to do it she doesn't um and ah she's just like Right, I need y'all. I will go mm. to shop. Um, well, it's the prevailing element. The message throughout this episode is trust and respect, and it's yeah, this idea right. where she doesn't like him, but she respects him, I assume, and she trusts him. So it's, you know, and it's that thing of going when you're in a corner, you know, like uh, that. <laughs> I ran out of words at the end of that sentence. But he's, but you, you know, never, she's like never yeah, corner a tiger. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I love because again, this is a short, choppy little scene where it's just like, "Hey, you know this ship, this crew better than anyone else. We've got five hundred people here. There's a changeling. I need your help." And then, bang, we're straight into the observation lounge with Riker struggling to record a message uh, for Diana on an, on that eye desk. On the eye desk, yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, desk, record this. <laughs> hey Siri, <laughs> my name is yeah, Siri. exactly. <laughs> um, but then we go back to uh, Picard and Jack, uh, who goes into the lovely. I mean, shout out for the 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 holodeck grid that we see. Um, just a little bit of Trek nerdism for me, and I was like, oh, it's the real holodeck, yay! Um, yeah, I, I love that. I also made a. Um... I also made a note here about basically like, oh, the holodecks are still in use, even though they're in emergency power mode. Hmm. And then it totally explains it later. And I was like, cross that off. Now, what I found a fault. And then it's like, no, they expect they predict. Also, actually, I just want to mention the um, 
the Vulcan puzzle game from Voyager uh, that um, oh, what, Tuvok what had, it where it's in, yeah. in the, um, the guy's quarters. And I was just a like, game ah. of logic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah I love that. Yeah, um, I loved uh, the little sound effects of the, the, the holodeck doors. I have missed that. It's, it's the tiny little things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, we go into uh, Holodeck. We go to 10 Forward again. Picard absolutely loves 10 Forward. Um, Jack going, I'm not really a wine guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, that's good. It's not really wine. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, it's a yeah. fine vintage. And I'm like, this is a holiday. <laughs> but then he... And you put your own alcohol in it? Okay. Yeah. But then he breaks out the Jameson whiskey, and I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't you think, guys, or I mean, going back to what Graham's just said there about uh, the holodeck having its own system, and they do explain, you know, that mm. the holodeck has its own system in case people want essentially sanctuary or want to yeah. gather and stuff. This and or this be is, there I'm, to die in quiet. Or be there to die, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think... Well, I, at least, though, why... Can you imagine when later on, when the people come in or whatever, and they're like, oh, the holodeck, cool... And, th and then you come in and you find that bloody Picard's got like 10 forward on rather than like, you know, uh, what is it like? Oh, what's it called? Vulcan Love Slave 4 or something? Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, no, no, that's how I want to die. That's... Yeah, yeah. Hear me out on this one, guys. And and I'm going to say this, the, the theme of this throughout the episode. The mention of the holodeck having its own specific power source in times of crisis links back to season three episode of TNG, Booby Trap. Well, Forge runs the holodeck program of Utopia Planitia Fleet Yards to try and decipher how to get out of the booby trap. Mm. Um, and I noticed this throughout the... I mean, when we get to the other scenes, I'll, I'll say it again. This was very... And I was like, is that why they did it? because of that because in times of crisis they may need this program yes you may need it if, if all hope is lost but maybe starfleet were like oh well hold on this was actually quite useful to go back to the drawing board and have this holodeck running because we get that in booby trap where Riker's like you're uh, picard's like you're using all this power so he's like we need all this power yeah to help for the computer to help us and i just thought it was a great little callback to that because a lot of people would have said if they didn't mention it why you wonder, is holiday, yeah, you wonder if maybe it became a protocol like after geordie using it to such great effect that they probably just went actually the holodeck is a lot more than just like a pleasure tool kind of thing back to vulcan love slave um <laughs> you know but yeah no i know i hadn't even thought about that but i think you know maybe that would be great though if if in universe they had it where because of something that happened in tng it's now standard practice across the entire fleet well, if you're on the Enterprise and something goes wrong and everything is kind of based off the Enterprise because that's the flagship, it kind of makes sense that <laughs> what they've experienced goes now into standard procedure. Yeah. And I thought it was I thought it was a setup for Moriarty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it will be. It definitely we've been discussing this in the previous episodes with this idea of like Moriarty, I don't think he's gonna be a big bad. I think it's literally gonna be that they go back to the Enterprise D for some reason later on, and he's the villain of the week. And they, they load it up and then they're like, oh, it's Moriarty. I don't think he's going to be a bigger thing than that. But I just love that he's getting a conclusion. You know, that they're yeah. going, hey, cool. You were a big loose end in the universe. You know? I, I, I love think that the, uh, I think it's going to be something to do with Daystrom because as we know, he was captured in his own program and yeah. separated 
from the D. So I think that um, he was held at Daystrom. And you've got mm-hmm. Peanut Hamper and uh, the Jeffrey Combs robot box. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Algamus, Mag- Agamus, Agamus, Agamus. <laughs> is that so, actually... <laughs> I, I, the problem is I only know that from like lower decks. Is that actually right. going to be in the wider universe? It oh, could hell be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, to be fair, I'm happy for any Jeffrey Combs like return. Yeah, I mean, I'll take more Combs. Because yeah. I, I was thinking Daystrom, like the thing that got stolen, I, I was thinking that might be law. But then like uh, Goodwin was pointing out that like there's a lot better things there than like, you know, yeah. a bastard well, robot. Jason on our our channel, uh, Gaston, he was basically saying, you know, the what they probably stole was the golem machine so that they could make an yeah. army. Again. That's what that's what they want because obviously Vedic is now, as we know, a changeling. But we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, should we go? Yeah. <laughs> well, we knew we knew in bloody episode two, didn't we? No, episode three was it where the subtitles gave it away? Really. Well, yeah, apparently, no, no, the subtitles. Yeah. Sean had mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. It basically, so, so, like it was, yeah. when it was talking about the crew members, when she was telling them to do stuff, it basically said "changeling chitters" or something in the subtitles, and you're like, yeah. oh, wow. "Oh, they're changelings, are they?" Oh, oh you know, you're like, you've oh, I'm so glad. See, I, I'm losing my vision, so I usually have to wear my specs when I watch this stuff. So I don't put the subtitles on because I don't want to have to like look down and you know so yeah. I could just be like yeah watch it blow up stuff you know <laughs> so it's it's apparently it's it's affecting Amazon Prime because over here uh, Star Trek airs on both uh, Paramount Plus and Amazon Prime they did a, a deal um, and it's only affecting the subtitles on Amazon Prime so like someone at Amazon Prime is either a huge anti Trekkie. <laughs> or just oh, doesn't care yeah and that's what it is yeah, because you, it's you happened this if... week as well it's spoiled yeah. this week and yeah. it was like don't wonder... don't put the subtitles on <laughs> you wonder how they make the subtitles though it might just be that they get sent the actual script and then in the script because they know what's happening they kind of write it down as oh yeah these characters called changelings but the, the audience are never going to hear that because it's not actual dialogue and the subtitle person's just like, bah, 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 don't really care, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I have a job to do. I got to retype this in 20 hours. So screw yeah. it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, so, so going back to uh, 10 Forward, and I, I love this little exchange between Jack and uh, Jean-Luc where Jack goes, let's address the elephant in the room. And you think, oh, it's going to get deep now. And he just goes, <laughs> the hair. And I'm yeah. like, oh, <laughs> It's like, how old are you? 23, 24? He's 34, guys, by the way, Ed Spieler. So uh, I need his, I need to know what moisturizer he uses. Um this... and uh but Jean-Luc just doesn't go and he's like, Are you 23, 24? He's like, Yeah, make the most of your hair while you can. I'm like, oh damn. <laughs> Sick bird. But he, yeah, he that, starts going it, the on sword of yeah. Damocles right there. <laughs> <laughs> but he starts going on about uh some story he had with an Andorian and he, and you can see Picard doesn't really care about the story itself, it's more just listening to his son. Um because there's a great little effect that they use where they 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 muffle out the the audio as it transitions into um the next scene. So I thought that was really nice. But we then get to the next scene, which is again Shaw. Shaw is fastly becoming my favorite character of the whole series. So there's, far. there's a slow petition. I don't know what captain of the USS Spectrum did it, but he said, Hey Terry Metallis, who do we have to petition 
or Riot 2 to get a Shaw spinoff like you did Discoveries, <laughs> uh, Strange New Worlds. But, I, you know, whatever. 100%. I think I quite like it because it's that, that typical thing where you get the grizzled old man who's a bastard but then does the right thing. And it's this kind right. of wonderful... You know, kind of, it's this wonderful staple, and I'm just like, I kind of like that because it would work with Star Trek because it's an ensemble cast. If it was something where he was the only character in it, it wouldn't. But because it goes like, hey, all these other characters can be the nice ones and stuff, and then he's just like, piss, <laughs> like oh, yeah. piss. I I like this scene because obviously he's going on about the chick because as a as a captain and, and being in starfleet for 30 plus years he like he knows quite a lot about changelings and he's like yeah. goo people walking claydor and i'm like oh claydor nice little reference there yeah. um but then he's like you know they'll know things you know they'll try and know things or they won't get things right and then he goes he says to seven you know like i've always respected you you've got the thing of a captain and she's looking at him thinking oh my god is he actually turning she's like these are the things a changeling would say <laughs> <laughs> so she goes oh so you would be nice and not just a dick and i'm like oh she said what everyone else was thinking right. yes <clears throat> he is a dick but then to go on about he says, you know, changing can only hold their shit for like 16 hours and they need to um they need to fall in regenerate. Yeah. And we bring up, you know, he pulls up the pad and he says they need a pot. And she's like, cannabis. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was great. 20 in track. <laughs> to be yeah. fair though, to be Tra fair, breaking noted, barriers once again. <laughs> I, I noted this down though by being like, I'm a bit like disappointed that like it's such a current reference in something that's meant to be like 200 years in the future. You know, that thing of just going, would we still be calling it pot? Like, would there not be better stuff? Like, you know, would people not be having cannabis now because they'd have like crazy like romulan drug or something devil's lettuce now. you want some crunk you know i'll stick with my sluggo cola thank you but, yeah um... no i i think it would stand the test of time because they've been calling it pot since the 50s and yeah. here we oh, are yeah, in 2023 yeah. so we're almost 100 years into the word pot as a marijuana so i think it would make yeah. it stand the test of time also... i think it's one of these things it's simply it's because i maybe i'm just not used to getting modern world references in trek like trek's yeah. always been its own kind of thing where rather than like having ale it's romulan ale rather than right. sort of like brandy it's saurian brandy and right. you know you know that kind of thing it's like the idea of pot still existing as its own thing but uh yeah. it was funny though as a line of just being like what yeah, yeah. It, it caught me off guard i was like oh she said pot she said the thing you know like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But in reference to that, he goes, no, no, a bucket. And we get a lovely little picture of Odo. Um, oh, that was beautiful. The, the late, great René Aujonois with the Bajoran bucket. Um, and he's like, you need to look for this bucket. It'll be DNA. Put that in the sensors and we'll find them straight away. Super and then we go. Ship, yeah. yeah. And then we, we go straight in. Again, the pacing of this, I thought, was was really good because we get, we get these really quick scenes where Crusher again. She's sensing these pulses, and you can see that she's working on something. She's yeah, like, something not right down. here. I, I just, yeah. I don't even think she was doing that. I think people were just dying in the background, and she's got like Candy Crush Saga on like an iPad <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know, she's like, five, four, and they're like, people oh, are I got a sugar rush. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. She doesn't reveal what she's doing until later in the episode. So everyone right. in the lab must have just been like, you, you, UK, <laughs> you, you good? 
doctor doctor we need to amputate the leg tasty oh, no, 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 no. um but then we got uh we've got crushable with the pulses and then we've got seven uh rooting through the quarters again and uh, she finds the pot again this was a, a nice tiny little callback to the undiscovered country where scotty finds um the claws in the the air vent of the mess hall i yes. thought um and she, she if, finds it and she, she sees the shoe fit wear it yeah wear it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then he just looked down at web feet. Ah, yeah. uh, <laughs> something I can help you with. <laughs> but then she's she's looking at the pot, and then she just goes resigu. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just I'm, like, yeah, I'm, I have looking to say, for resigu. Like the 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 bucket, it was just like, I know it's like a, maybe a reference, but it was just like it. How does the chain thing have the bucket? Does it bring it with it, or does yeah. it replicate it? Yeah, or like, why do they look the same? Is it like a standard changeling thing? Like after it's, Odo, everyone so, in the Dominion's just like, "This is your standard issue bucket. It needs to be like this." I think uh, that's a good question, but I, I think there's a reason for it, especially with uh, re the reference for Renee, since mm -hmm. he had it. But at the same time, they're a splinter cell from the Great Link, so yeah. I think so they wouldn't follow Odo's. They wouldn't style. Odo's They'd have their own bucket style, yeah. right? But I, I Crazy think they renegade made, bucket. Yeah, I think they have the Jem'Hadar making. Well, free <laughs> Jem'Hadar. They're probably all dead. Can you imagine the the Jem'Hadar like ceramics division? Or yeah, <laughs> we bread for war. Right? Just like sitting there with a thing, be like, oh, okay, we on. make the buckets. Yeah, but here's the question: oh, that'd be amazing. It'd be the scene from Ghost. It'd be the scene from Ghost, but with like a Jem'Hadar like first. And then, like, I don't know, like, the female like changeling behind him. I don't yeah, know. teaching oh, him how to do it, yeah. This does not serve the founders. Um, <laughs> I, I, it could be Starfleet Protocol now, uh, going forward, uh, based off what happened on the Titan. Any uh, crew member boarding a ship with a bucket must be questioned. Yeah, that's yeah, I would stop yeah. Why would you bring a bucket? A bucket? Like, hang on. What do you yeah. need a bucket for? I have plants. He <laughs> <laughs> will grow later. But where are the plants? Why is there goo <laughs> in your plant pot? Seeds. They're seeds right now. And that's what's the <laughs> <laughs> But then we go back to which I have missed. We go back to the Shrike, um, who oh, has escaped the nebula. I love I love the noise. The noise for me is very reminiscent of um the Reapers from Mass Effect. Oh the, interesting. The, the the deep bassy noise that it makes, and then we see Vedic. A little shout out, by the way, for the chair sound effect, her captain's chair sound effect, exactly the same as General Chang's. Yep. And it's really? spins the same I way and it's positioned the same way. Look at yep. Chang's chair and look at her chair and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, they did this on purpose. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. And another throw to Chang, like she's all scarred up like Chang has, like Chang lost yeah. his eye. We actually interviewed the uh, special effects master on star trek's undiscovered country and he said the detail that these guys put into it if you zoom in on chang's eye you can see the uh insignia of the klingon homeworld that 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 little uh the three lines with the little ball in the center no way and i, and then I said really and i went back and i watched it's like oh my god he was right and i zoomed in because i have a tablet and i just zoomed in it's like yeah you could see it like a little bit but no it's way incredible. the detail that they have in yeah so thomas uh was it was the man and uh gave us that little nugget that i love and i love sharing it with people because i just think that's a great story that they put so much detail into star trek six that is the, that the is passion awesome. throughout the series from all sides like obviously with the writers with the actors and with like the special effects is fantastic 
Yeah. Well, you've got Doug Drexler. You've got Doug Drexler. You've got Michael Kuda. I mean, every week I seem to be messaging Doug and just be like, dude. <laughs> Send nudes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think he's sick of me messaging him on Facebook. And I'm just like, Doug, thank you so much. And he's like, I'm literally just doing this job. I didn't create everything. But I'm like, no, no, Doug, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so Vedic goes to this little pot which i thought had water in it and then brings yeah. out the blade shinzon's blade by the way oh from nemesis this, this is the weird thing like i got it kind of spoiled for me on like thursday where like you know it was on youtube and then basically yeah. it just came up with a recommended video and it was literally why does you know why does they have shinzon's blade and i was like thanks for that you know like on the picture and you're like you bastards Good thing I don't watch yeah. anybody else but your stuff because <laughs> you and Sean's, and I wait until after we do ours to watch Sean's. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> do do you reckon that's just going to be a reference for the fans, or do you reckon it's actually going to be relevant to the story? It may I... be relevant because the Shrike has a lot of similarities to the Scimitar, mm. the way that the 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 pointy sharp edges are with the Scimitar and the Shrike, and it's and super... the Narada as well. Narada too, yeah, and the Narada had that that shriek sound too, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it did. That's yeah, when it came through the wormhole. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Yeah. So I felt like that that was a, a a callback to that because apparently that's the rift in the timeline for the Kelvin and Next Gen, and, and I don't know if you guys are, are as bad as I am and oh, then start buying Star Trek <laughs> comics, but they, they actually have a countdown to uh, the Star Trek last of the star trek uh beyond or no it wasn't beyond it was just star trek right star trek on nine yeah 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 star trek on nine and there's a story where when spock was getting the red manor there was actually i don't know if they ever filmed it or they just came up with the idea and and patrick stewart said no <laughs> like <Shaw. laughs> but uh there was a reference to uh before being now controlled by the uh cortex of data as captain of the Enterprise F, and Admiral Picard was helping with Ambassador Spock with the Red Matter to save Romulus, and it went away, and then that's why he got put in the past. But they kind of cut out the next gen passing the torch type of thing, and I think that did a disservice to the timeline of Trek because yeah. it would have been like, okay, at this point, everything stays the same, but anything before has two splinter cells of timelines. And now with Marvel doing all the timeline stuff, I think the general public will get it. Oh, yeah, like the, the Marvel thing, because they have all the... Oh, yeah. Multiverses don't. Yeah, the multiverses. <laughs> I, 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 I just settled in yeah. the fact of I will not understand it, and I kind of have this comfort in being like, no, I'm not even going to try and comprehend this. <laughs> I'm just going to enjoy things. So, obviously, with Shinzon's blade, uh, we are presuming Shinzon's blade, she, she cuts her hand off, as you yeah, do. Um, the weirdest um, part of the whole episode. Yeah, and then it it's a changeling. Is it a communication changeling? Because we get this essentially Power Rangers Zordon face <laughs> in the, Rangers. <laughs> the good, yeah, Rangers assemble yeah. Romulans with attitude. Um, yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we talking about flesh Zordon here? Flesh yeah. Zordon, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, and he's basically, you know, she's like, the Titans dead in the water is falling to a gravity well. We can't, and he's just like pursue. Yeah, go no, no, it. we can't. He's like, no, no, you are expendable. 
Your whole crew is expendable. Yeah. It's a suicide mission. It's a suicide mission if you don't do it. And you're like, this is the first thing where you go, oh, damn, she is not the big baddie of this season. Yeah. She is merely a pawn for something much more grandiose. Yeah. So the Jetson, the the portal weapon, which lovely little thing of Dacian, because, you know, if you've got a top secret portal weapon, put your company's logo on the side of it. (laughs) What, you're not yeah. supposed to? Oh, shit. <laughs> if, if you lost, got a please return to. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I, to be fair, I love this because, like, this is exactly what I want. Like, because obviously I'm a massive DS9 fanboy. And Same. what I want mm-hmm. is stuff where it's basically not upsetting things, but adding to things. And this is like going, this could totally be canon. This could totally be how the uh, the founders communicate. Like, so during the last days of, like, the Dominion War, this could be how the female changeling was communicating through to the Gamma Quadrant or something, because we don't know how the range on it works or whatever. You know, like, when it was all sealed off and, you know, they might... I'm assuming the Federation would probably have destroyed any communication devices that they could see for the Dominion. Oh, damn, but, hear know, me out. I like the idea that this you know this kind of goes hey this doesn't upset anything but kind of adds to the law which yeah, is i agree i'm not used to that because in picard it seems in the pre- previous two seasons it's like hey we're gonna kind of ruin this thing in order to bring this new thing in and i'm a bit biased there sorry what <laughs> yeah. if what if they are connected by the mycelial network disco reference Oh, disco reference, imagine, everyone. Imagine. Oh, speaking of disco, do you guys remember that there was a changeling in disco last that season? There was in the 32nd yeah. century. Oh, we, we obviously know that they make it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. There we go. There we go. So we get that lovely. Uh, we, we need more Amanda Plummer. Uh, I, yeah. I think she's terrific. She's um, so good. She's just Very, so yeah. deliciously like, evil. Yeah, yeah. it's like de- deliciously evil, but then like just everything about them like you know their mannerisms where it's like this is how you do crazy this is how you do someone who's like mentally like unstable rather than being way over the top it's that little like i like i said last week it's like there's bubbling under the surface of just this thing of going she will kill you mm-hmm. but she's being nice now and i i, I just absolutely love everything and I, I i i got scared at the end i was like oh god is she gonna die no please don't die it's only episode yeah, four yeah. you know yeah but so I, then... I found... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Joe. No, I, I I found it interesting about Amanda Plummer now being the big bad. Uh, they did, however, you know, we get that Zordon thing. They did kind of give you a moment of one of the lines that Seven said was, there's something bigger going on because these people were put on before Crusher yeah. got on the ship, right? Mm-hmm. But that makes you think that, okay, before Crusher got on I mean, that means also before Picard got on the ship. Mm. So this was... Yeah orchestrated from episode one yeah 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 well, we saw so, we saw the shifty dude in because uh, i used to call him shifty yellow shirts yeah because um, uh, he was looking like you know he, he did the, the, side, the he side, we call him captain side eye you know? yeah simpson <laughs> shifty dog where's just like yeah wait hold on are we suggesting the shifty joke from the simpsons is the changeling yeah okay there we go it's canon now it's canon now um so we go back to uh, five years ago, and a lovely, lovely callback to the Temerians um, from Next Generation, where he's basically, you know, this is how we communicated. They communicated using uh, metaphors, and yeah, if we right, didn't do this, right. we would die. And I'm like, along with his arms, one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his arms wide, uh, but yeah. the walls fell. I'm like, yes, love it. 
bring out the next gen jacket. It's a phenomenal episode of Trek because it, it represents everything I love about this se- se- season, where it's basically it's talking. It's basically it's talking, it's relationships, it's working things out. And that is a perfect example of TNG doing that, where it's like, we're going to do an episode about language and semantics today. You yeah. know, yeah. hope you're okay, you know, like rather than going, it's explosions, it's all this, you know. But then they go back to present day where Picard's telling uh, Jack about uh, the worst navigational issue he ever faced with uh, his uh, his namesake, yeah. Jack Crusher, uh, who he considered his best friend. And he was like, I don't know why my mother called me Jack. And he was like, well, if I was there, I would have called you Jack as well because he was my best friend. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, 100%. 100% that would be brilliant. And he's like, basically, we... <laughs> We were going to this planet, we were at this planet on shore leave, and we were about to get laid, and then we got called <laughs> back to the Stargazer, but we needed to get our end away, so we stole a shuttle to go back to the planet, and then we had a, a micrometeor storm, and we were dead in the water. And I knew where they were going with this scene, because they were saying, you know, we you know, we had to navigate all the way back to the ship um, with just thrusters and, man- you know, basically juggling between thrusters and life support. However, guys, we do get a major thing happen in this scene because Picard goes 10 fucking grueling hours. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought I would hear Jean-Luc Picard F-bomb. I, I, wrote, it, I wrote it down. I wrote down Picard swearing just to check with you guys like has this happened in the previous seasons have we heard picard swear like not no. F-bomb. at least f-bomb not an f-bomb not an f-bomb yeah. no. might have shit but like data said shit in generation so and uh <laughs> terry metallis on the internet said yeah and by the way fuck you know what i mean so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i like that fine. yeah uh, but... I also like that you got a double f bomb because he was talking about fucking and then he says it. You know? yeah, that's it. Oh damn! Yeah, he oh, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's on the mind. But then he, he you know, he um, basically trying to bond, and then Jacks because the cadets come in uh, to the the holodeck to seek refuge, shall we say? Yeah, right. Um, and they go on about you know how the crew is the family. A lot of you know a lot of basically, this is my family. Uh, and then Jack's going, I'm good with being on the outside. I've always been on the outside. This is not really my thing. And he said, if you're looking for, if, if this is a moment for me, I don't need it. This is more of a moment for you. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I can I can sort of see that this well, is a no, moment well, for Picard. It wasn't. It was, it was Jack saying like, oh, I don't need this moment. I'm fine. And then Picard opening up and being like, no, I need this moment. Yeah. You know, and I, I like the dynamic of it being that way of Picard being like, no, actually, I'm not this rock, you know, like everyone expects me to be. Yeah. Yeah. So we then get obviously seven and nine going to the bio lab with the bucket and the residue. <laughs> Um, and then the change not even trying help. to hide it by the way oh no, no. Not, not like you know just, like, just oh, walking around I got your Again, bucket, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Starfleet protocol bucket check what must everyone bucket. have been thinking just be like oh she's been laying out you know she's been taken off duty and now she's got a bucket great you know okay she's doing well. <laughs> someone get the psychiatrist in here because she's just walking around the ship with a bucket that's you know <laughs> out of my way I have residue yeah, but um, so she, she's saying, you know, I need, I need, we need this analyzing, blah, blah, blah. And the changeling is just there, um, kills the crew member. I mean, goddamn, yeah, yeah, just yeah. kills a crew member. 
um seven fires off a few shots and then i'm i'm loving the the goo animation um, yeah definitely an upgrade for oh, sure. it's like yeah. I, I liked the idea of it like just you know in ds9 the special effects weren't brilliant but it was the fact of like it was always like a beige liquid kind of thing it was like a sort right. of nectar kind of uh, thing but then in this i like i love the fact that it keeps on the colors that it was like so it's got this fleshy tone that that seems to be kind of fading out of it i guess but yeah i i just think it's great like you know that it's more nuanced like how the goo is so I don't know why I made a big point of that. It's just like, oh, let's talk because we love talking about goo. We absolutely, we absolutely love talking about goo. And then obviously, uh, we got interplays between uh, Seven and, and Crusher again, where you know, oh, we've got to change blah, blah, blah. and Crusher's basically like, it's going to get worse, referencing yeah. these these bioelectrical uh, pulses. Mm. Um, we've still got. Uh, we we go back to uh ten forward, um, and I think this is probably the the best scene um in this episode because we have Shaw entering the holodeck, and you know he's he's dosed up, he's high as a kite on painkillers, um, and then he just goes on about how you know the first time he met Jack's father Jean Luc, um, and we finally get it, we finally get Wolf three five nine start it four four zero. Point uh, four four zero or nine point three or something. Yeah. I'll give you three. five points for that. Yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> fun fun fact, guys. Uh, to everyone who's watching, star dates from the next generation onwards referenced the series number. So in season one of Next Gen, it was four one. In mm. season two, four two, so on and so forth. Mm. So the star date of this, which is referenced later on, is still, I believe, canonically accurate to how it would have been 30 years ago started seven eight one three seven eight one eight three point one i i didn't realize that they were like that that's how they did the dates because i always remember in next gen where the dates didn't seem to make any sense like they you know the right. date would be like you know a couple of hundred things after and then it'd be like but it's only and then they'd be talking about how it was like half a year ago and you're like hang on yeah. what you know like yeah yeah is but that weird thing, but I never, you know, when you don't want to go too time. far into yeah. it. Yeah. You know? But the first two digits was always 4 4. So it'd be, you know, 4 1, 4 2, 4 3, 4 4, and then 4 7. And then they kept it going in DS9 Voyager. And I think this is the yeah. first time we've seen it in Picard. In New Track, uh, yeah. Because they, they don't track, really. Yeah. Because yeah, even, I think even uh, Pikes, the Strange New World, he, when he does his logs, it's uh, a capital. All over. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. Yeah, just like yeah. Uh, Kirk's did. Yeah, yeah, Kirk's was all over the place. He was like one oh one six three two, and then the other one was like one two eight, and it's just like what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've gone back in time, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is this is the uh, this scene is the best scene for me. It's the most favorite scene for me uh, out of this episode because we get this lovely Sean uh, uh, Liam Shaw survivalist guilt uh, mm. monologue uh ways like you know the first time i met your father started for four thing wolf 359 he's like he was on the uss constance which i i wondered from the end credits of picard because we we do see a slight clip of a constellation class uss constance lost in battle and the date is wolf 359 yeah, that's right yeah. so i was like that's a you know it's a nice little thing but we this monologue for me was very very evocative of cisco yeah part one and two of emissary uh, especially part one 
it's just terrifying that like we get to see Wolf Reunited. Well, we well, technically we don't. We kind of see the aftermath of it, but mm. it's like the you know, we see the beginning of it and then we go, oh, okay, yeah, that was bad. Um, but it's this idea of like it's such a major event in Trek. It is so you know, and, and you kind of it's weird watching Next Gen again and not really fully taking in the magnitude of what happens in you know in that moment kind of thing and then realizing that it's basically cisco's beginning effectively like you know with you know him losing uh, jennifer and whatnot and then also just how many people were affected by this one apparently like, 11, an, an episode 11, literally 000, you yeah. know yeah that's it Eleven thousand, yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and this is yeah it's so good like i i, I absolutely adored this like monologue from a uh, show because yeah. You know, like he's gone from being a bastard in the first time we meet meet him to now just being like, oh, I I kind of understand. Yeah, it's that's I, why I think, you hate them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's it was very. It, I got huge Cisco callbacks to this because obviously the the fallout from Wolf Three Five Nine. You know, forty ships, eleven thousand dead, and we've only had it from from other than the Enterprise D and. Picard's Lacutus perspective, we, we've only had Ben Sisko. And mm. to be like, yeah, 11,000 people died. There was a lot of people at this battle. So we finally got someone else. And the way he tells his story, you know, he's we went down to the life deck of the, 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 the Constance and, you know, there was only room for 10 people. There was 50. And it's just like, why me? And, you know, the, this survivalist guilt. And, yeah, we, we see a lot of this in the real world um where it's just like why why me out of everyone I, I, think was... that, I think that's why people relate to shaw so much and are, are yeah. begging terry metallis and paramount plus if you're listening <laughs> for a shaw series because yeah. we can relate to him because a lot of people have gone through a lot of stress i mean look what's going on in the wars that are going on right now between yemen yeah. and ukraine and, and uh the the beef between india and uh, china right now there's a lot of people that understand what with the stress of almost Armageddon is because yeah. essentially Borg is the living embodiment of Armageddon because they're yeah. coming they kill you and whatever's left they'll just take so and you you uh, can't stop them in a in, no. to a certain extent you you can't stop them and you, you know you you Todd Stashwick's performance he he embodies that 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 guilt that that's tore him up for 30 years, 30 years. and you know he's 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 now facing the very person that that caused this guilt and he's like you know i was i was just a dipshit from chicago why why was i chosen mm. above anyone else um and you know he, jack tries to stop him but picard's like no no it's 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 all right because picard knows i mean he he, he i think he to a lesser extent he did this with cisco because he, he tried to move on the subjects in ds9 with but cisco. he was the boss in ds9 whereas he's not the yeah. boss yeah and, yeah and this was this was sort of like it's all right and it's like basically just saying he needs he needs this catharsis. He needs to face this this demon, which is me. What, and he can. Sorry, you wonder how many times he must have had it though. Like it's the fact of he gets it from Cisco, he gets it from Shaw. You just kind of go like, you know, it, it must keep coming up. And it's so terrifying because that's the the horrible nature of the Borg is the fact of Picard wasn't willing, but it doesn't matter. Like it's the fact of they they assimilated him and then they got access to all of his knowledge, and you know it's and the problem is like like we were saying previously about like 
you know, Shaw hating sort of like Picard and Riker because maybe their reputation with Starfleet is different in 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 law history yeah. is different to the actual what we see in the show where we go, hey, they made this decision because of this and this. Whereas, like in actual world history, it might just be like, yeah, they blew up loads of shit and they were crazy, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, and so the idea of like they prob- they might not know that as Lacutus he had no choice. You know, it wasn't a willing thing. He didn't you know actively do it. But it's um it's it's so scary though the idea of the Borg because Wolf three uh, three five nine is the humbling of the Federation. Like so he is sure as like a you know an engineer on this like starship and every you know the future's bright the future's rosy. There's no wars going on at that particular time. Every you know it's literally. <laughs> all exploration and whatnot and then suddenly oh there's an enemy that can literally one cube can just wipe out an entire fleet that's yeah you that, know, that was the amazing thing with with the borg is there was just one ship it wasn't yeah. like a fleet of borg yeah. oh a fleet of it borg. wasn't a war it wasn't the dominion war where you just go oh right. yeah we lost all these guys but we were at a in war this was literally no. like oh oh no one was prepared for this and just one thing came through and wrecked half the federation so yeah, I thought that yeah. was probably the one. You know, the the only thing I, I I always say against Voyager, and I love Voyager too. So you know, don't take that the mm-hmm. wrong way. But the diminishing of the Borg's severity in the universe happened with Voyager because if if it's your monster of the week instead of your one time baddie, it doesn't yeah. become as menacing anymore. Especially when you had like the Borg babies and everything. It was just like, yeah, it it, it was weird and. But I, I did like um what is it species eight five eight four seven two eight, six, seven five three two oh nine Jenny yeah <laughs> no that's my phone number eight four seven two oh you put it on stream <laughs> but it's uh you know like I I liked I liked the idea of the Borg coming up against something that they um you they know that they handle. they couldn't actually assimilate and it was going oh they're actually threatened by this but then they kind of made it going oh we've just totally killed the Borg like we've totally neutralized the Borg threat. Totally, you know, like the doctor just goes, hey, cool, yeah, we can sort out the Borg permanently now, you know, in that kind of way. And it was a bit like, oh, okay, that's kind of lessened them dramatically. Yeah, I also... Diminishes threat, yeah. I I also love the little callback to season two when he's just like, and I'm on about the real Borg, not that weird shit that happened on Stargazer. And I'm like, oh, right, okay. So you know that the real Borg... Because let's be honest, yes, the transport conduit collapsed in the Delta Quadrant, they are still there. Yep. They didn't go anywhere. And I, I also love at the end of this scene where Shaw's just looking at the cadets that are all there and they're all looking at him and he just goes, forgive me, at some point, asshole became a substitute for charm. Yeah. Yeah. That and, is that's yeah. great. There's so many great lines. Like, let's get the hell out of here. They're like, there's so many <laughs> amazing lines. But one thing I wanted to ask you guys is... Uh, you brought up a good point that the, the the Borg are not completely gone. And now you've got Girardi's uh, Borg. Mm-hmm. And we still never got an answer to whatever the hell it was that made the time shift where Girardi's Borg came through. Mm-hmm. Because they were going to work with the Federation to stop whatever it was. What was it? And, you know, what is it? Is it still around? Obviously, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Tribbles. <laughs> I love that answer. They, 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 obviously, DS9 brings them back in. What's happened? You know, I know it's yeah, like a yeah. throwaway episode, but I love the idea that there's literally half the quadrant is just triple. Yeah. <laughs> Hear me out. 
the alternate universe from Star Trek All Nine, the Kelvin verse. Oh, I like that because then they could kind of close that timeline because they got to yeah. having such a hard time getting that fourth movie off the ground. Might as well just bow it up. The, the mythical, <laughs> yeah. The, the last great reset. And we <laughs> done, you know. <laughs> but uh, so Picard obviously walks out with a holodeck and Crusher uh, catches up to them. Um, and she's basically saying, hey, this, this, these pulses, they are essentially contractions. Uh, like, like this nebula is about to give birth. Um, and she's like, if we don't do something, it'll be over quickly for us. So it's a little quick ship to the uh, the observation lounge. And another great uh, reference for me to the Soliton wave from Next Generation, where they're basically like, well, why don't Jack's like, why don't we ride this like a wave? Why don't we absorb this energy, ride it like a wave and book it, get out of this nebula with it? And, you know, they convince Riker because Riker's just basically, well, it's either we do this and it fails and we have a few minutes to live or we just have a few hours to live. He's very resigned at this point, yeah. I feel, Riker. Yeah. Um, but they do convince it because because basically like, let's do what we know best. And if we're going to do it, we'll face it together. And, you know, let's, let's just, it's one shot. You might as well take this shot. Yeah. So, and again, Space Babies. I, I love the mention of Space Babies. And then obviously in the episode, later in the episode, we're like, Oh, yeah, Space Babies. Space Babies. Um, but, you know, but, like... but what he said, Farpoint. Farpoint, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We, we've they seen were. these, we've seen yeah. space-based creatures before, like Farpoint. Yeah. Um, Didn't we have the, oh, what's it called? Is it is it Next Generation, where it's the, the psychic ship that the Betazoid... Oh, the Gumchoo. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it. But, you know, like, there's so many crazy things. Yeah. Like, that's the joy of Star Trek. But I have to say, I love the, the beginning of the scene where it basically literally just cuts to them talking about this concept and then it cutting to Riker being like, this cannot work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just <laughs> love how punchy No, no, we can't do it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm glad I'm glad that they convince him and then we get these beautiful visuals. I mean, the, the visuals in Star Trek over the last few years have just got better and better. But this season is above and beyond what we have seen the beautiful shots of the titan it is so detailed that ship and now and you know they... why they canceled discovery <laughs> yeah. we can't afford all of this what are he's gotta go transfer auxiliary power from discovery into the yeah. car but sir just do it damn it and you just like oh it's it's so it's so beautiful uh these these powering up shots of the titan and you know they're getting everything ready um and then we get this Picard facing Shaw, even after Shaw has essentially ripped him a new one on the holodeck. And he's like, Shaw, we need you. You know, you yeah. are an engineer. We need these. We need the nacelle covers open. And you're the only one that can do it. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, this is a fun. I mean, Shaw, this is Shaw's ship. And he's like, oh, with all your fancy ref retrofitted shit, still a 20-year-old banger, though, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, right, okay, yeah, you're an engineer. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah. So they, and he's like, you know, so essentially we need to open it. We need to hot wire the ship and again it's like this is a this is just a giant car to these people it's just like yeah yeah let's just rub a few wires together and and that was the wonderful thing you know because obviously we got that through tng it was the fact of it very much felt like that with like you know geordie and data and stuff just constantly changing everything about the ship and obviously in ds9 even though it's cardassian technology like chief o'brien's like i've replaced everything everything's got a triple backup now 
you know, yeah. and and I liked that. I liked the sort of I don't know the sort of hands-on nature of like the starship that we had, and I don't think we get that in previous seasons of Picard. It's basically the ship's a perfect entity that just. Does well, itself, and Picard, you know? all the ships were copy paste except for the Stargazer. Well, in that, yeah, okay, admittedly, that, <laughs> that was one scene. Ah, one scene, but, and but a bunch Joe, of them But Joe, yes, sir. the season finale of Picard season one. Do you know why there was a copy and paste of the Zeng here or the Inquiry class, as it's called? There, there were subtle differences in each of the ships. They had like very subtle nacelle yeah, very... sizes, I, I think. Um, yeah. Basically, for, from I mean, anyone can correct me if I'm wrong in the comments below. For, but what I took away from it, and what I was told at the time, was the visual effects for the season finale of season one were done seven days before it was due to air on CBS yep. All Access and Amazon Prime. So they were like, "Well, shit, we could either." have all these beautiful ships uh, and we can spend time or we can just control C, control V and maybe just elongate <laughs> some of the nacelles here and there just to give it a difference. So that's... that's I didn't know that tidbit, so I love that. That's yeah. great. Yeah, my, my little thing that happens, you know, like you're just going, oh God. <laughs> well, I mean, uh... if you guys think about it, you know, we've been seeing the same Klingon ship blow up since Star Trek Six until oh, like... Oh God, yeah. Till Nemesis, I think they just use that same clip. Oh, oh such shit! And the same <laughs> one actor gets blown up. You see his hair flying. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like the oh. it's like the visual equivalent of the Wilhelm scream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, there you yeah. go. And a lot of people will say, well, can't you go back and sort of redo it? And they're like, no, it's canon now. Can't do it. We don't, <laughs> yeah. We're not going to do what Stranger Things did and, and yeah. patch a show. No, it's it's okay. there. This um, isn't Marvel. We're sticking with this. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like David Blass, uh, this is why David Blass went to the guys at Star Trek Online. Um, shout out to, to Mike Fatten um, from Star Trek Online. And it was like, hey, guys, you've got some really good ships. And now Star Trek Online are like, hey, you know all these ships that you were slagging off? These are all canon now. So... And everyone's like, "Yay!" And it's yeah. So that's uh, that. That's my tiny little bit of trivia. <laughs> so yeah, Trek Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna send you an inquisition uh, <laughs> inquiry. The uh, the ship that uh, Jadzia Dax, uh, excuse me, Ezri Dax mm -hmm. was the captain of the uh, Bashir. Got the same. They got the same ship. Was that the same class as the Enterprise F? The Odyssey class. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, see, so, get... so Star Trek, get... Star Trek Online, the Odyssey class has different variants, and annoyingly, they have different names for the variants. Right. So you have Odyssey, you have Lexington, and you have a you have another one which escapes me at the moment. But yeah, in it's a beta canon, can it be considered? Uh yeah. Dax's Starship. Yeah, it's an Odyssey class. Yeah. So that's I would love to see if they can bring the cold back for cold burp. Absolutely, I, hope, I yeah. really hope so. I, I really, really hope so. She didn't, you know, the sort of thing. Obviously, I was very upset that you know we lost Jadzia, but then I thought Ezri was really good. It was just a shame that it was like the final season, and they're like, we need to flesh right. you out, but we kind of need to finish things, and so right. it kind right. of it'd be lovely to see more of her in the, you know, like you know, obviously the video game, but then um. It'd be wonderful to see more of them on actual canon shows. I think yeah. Jason yeah. said it best in your podcast, Joe, where he was like, this is not 
usually does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is not season three of Picard. This is this is TNG season eight. This is DS9 season eight. Right. This is Voyager season eight. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is this is the yeah, crossover. Really yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's what we wanted. Like, this is why I'm so annoyed that I'm like, this is the you know, the like the final season of Picard. And you're like, can we can we say this is the first season of Picard and then continue it? <laughs> you know, and it's hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. But with uh, so with the time running out, they've got two minutes until the the huge uh, space baby birth. Um, you've got Shaw and uh, Seven in the nacelle room. Um, you know they're going to create a ruse because Shaw's like, you know, if anyone's going to attack us now, this would be the perfect time to do it. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And yeah, you know, Seven's like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And uh, they're powering up and they're getting everything ready. Um, Shaw opens one of the nacelles, and would you know it? Riker goes, are, are you going to be okay doing this on your own? Yes, we're going to be doing it okay on our own. I think they're buying it. And then Seven <laughs> walks away. <laughs> Seven walks away. And in comes Sydney. And it's Sydney v. Sydney. She's like, my father was Jody LaFonge. And I'm just like, yeah, mm. right. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, that's an interesting yeah. random fact to say. You know? Yeah. And yeah. then he's like, <laughs> And Shaw's like, pass the torch. And she's like, with only one nacelle open, would we not be able to go to warp? And I'm just like, oh, come on, just shoot the changing. Yo, we won't be able to go yeah. to warp. And she looks and they just get that little gun at the head. And yeah. she's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I am Sydney LaForge, daughter of the House of LaForge, third heir to the rings <laughs> yeah. of Beta The rings of Beta Z. Bane of lore. <laughs> Who has the yeah. rings of Beta Z now that Luxana's gone? Do you want chamomile tea? Wrong scene. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so and, and I love the fact uh, we get this little call back to the previous set. And she's like, uh, Commander Who LaForge? Commander Hansen pop. Yeah. And yeah. the the lovely little quip and she's and Shaw goes, How did you know? And she's like, LaForge calls me seven out of respect. Yeah. Looking at it. him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, good job. <laughs> but this is this is like the thing where you know, like I was saying, you don't know it until you see it. But this is great writing where we're using elements here that are crucial that were like literal little things. Like you know how in a lot of shows nowadays it's like it'll make a big deal out of this will be relevant later. And then here it's not. It's yeah. totally and it, you know, and it's just it's so fluid, it's beautiful. Yeah. But then we get uh the changeling's also fluid, but they're dead now. So, yeah. Well, it was crust they went crusty and then they suddenly maintained Sydney's form, which I didn't Yeah, really that was get. weird. We I wanted but it's all the funny thing is Sydney was on the Sydney was on the at the helm. Yeah, this yeah. was all going down. So it was it was like, oh, okay. So they did an obvious, okay, this is the change. Like she's she can't be yeah. in two places at once, you know. Yeah, so I, I, I think it's weird because we haven't really seen we we've seen changelings die in a lot of ways. Because obviously you had Mirror Universe Odo who just exploded from a phaser blast. That seems a bit melodramatic. Right. But uh Diva there. Um, you know, you've got the one that goes into the is it into the warp core and gets frazzled and then sort of just yeah. half right mutates and stuff but that kind of keeps its shape doesn't it when he dies and then he crumbles yeah then yeah, yeah, so most of the time they end up as dust so the idea that this one yeah. kind of maintains its shape is a bit odd yeah but yeah. um it looked cool though so forgiven it did visually it was awesome <laughs> oh yeah yeah but then we get yeah. another booby trap reference uh where there's obviously there's asteroids and there's, there's obstacles and instead of tokyo drifting like they do with the enterprise d 
how no one has put the Tokyo Drift theme above that scene where the Enterprise is drifting around an asteroid, I will never know. Um, yeah. But we get we get a lovely reference, you know, where Jack is actually, you know, pointing out where you need to go and stuff like that. And he's like, trust me, four more seconds. And we get this lovely scene of the, the Titan just like bobbing up and then bobbing down. Um, yeah. And it's finally the birth happens. And yeah, um, <laughs> can I just say before we get to this, just how wonderfully dire the situation was? Like it played yeah. it perfectly, where you were like, "Whoa, I do not remember Trek being this bleak before." Where it's literally they've turned off the life support, everything you know, like yeah. everything resting on that, and everyone is just and you can really feel it the tension in it kind of thing and it's it's wonderful to go like yeah yeah we're going hey this is darker track so we can have it where it's a bit more violent there's blood there's swearing and stuff but also the idea of going whoa these are really serious situations and you know and i really like that and obviously like you know the birth happens and everything's good you know everything's bright as well like the, all yeah. the lights come on and exactly. they start to place the bulbs on the bridge I was just <laughs> like, okay. uh, is this directed by Zack snyder it's so dark <laughs> yeah yeah um and then obviously the the riding the wave like the soliton wave again and the the sucking in this energy and the the drawing more power and then we see the shrike appear and then Riker does perhaps one of the greatest well, things maneuver <laughs> The Riker maneuver where he just yeah. fucking yeets a rock. <laughs> I, I love yeah, this. Yeah. I, I've got all of my notes here, and literally at the bottom, it just goes fucking <laughs> asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I half expected because like Crusher goes, Did you just throw a rock at her? And, he's, and I half expected to say, well, well, she threw a ship at us. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 right, yeah, I yeah. did. <laughs> Yeah. This is the thing. Oh, that's why I, I was kind of scared that it was like this is going to be the end of Vadic because I was like that is the perfect sort of rounded conclusion to a character yeah. by basically. And I was like, oh no, please, I want to see more of them because they're amazing, you know. Luckily, she, that wasn't the end for her, but yeah, you know, yeah. she's a subordinate, not like not even a, maybe not even a mid-level boss. But that, that's the problem, though, when they're like that, and we found that out now, it's kind of like, oh, the torch has been passed, like, you know, and you could get rid of this character potentially. And I'm like, no, but I like this iteration of the villain. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. But then we get one of the one of the most beautiful scenes I've seen in Star Trek for a long time, Space Babies, uh, which is very reminiscent of the aliens from Farpoint slash jellyfishes a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. And the music throughout this whole scene, yeah. it's so good. So, so good. Yeah. Like, it, it's so uh, emotive. Like, it, it reminds me of what Star Trek is all about. And it's all about new life, new civilizations, yeah. explorations. And for Beverly to say, to seek yeah. out new life. Oh, yes. Perfect. Go on, yeah, girl. Perfect. Go on. And I especially love that. And we said this earlier on ours with the fact that she's getting a main focal point of this because yeah. all the movies, it's always been about Picard and Data. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Picard having his swerve with the the forever people. Mm. Uh, the first one was Data saying bad words and getting his emotion chip. And the third one being Data's death, uh, you know, later on being Data's death, it was always about Picard and Data, and everybody was kind of in the background. But Bev got pushed such into the background 
that she was just five minutes activate EMH and then Robert Picardo was the main doctor for a while. In Perhaps you would like contact. an analgesic? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe a dural weaponizer. You know. It is it's that thing, like, because obviously Next Gen suffered a little bit from not really knowing what to do with Troy, but they kind of always kind of had something for like Crusher to do. And then, like you say in the movies, they were like, yeah, we don't, we, you're here, but you know, you don't really yeah. do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you know i think that's wonderful it's like you know that this season is like redeeming beverly a bit and kind of going hey you, you you're doing more than fucking a candle yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then Riker just says i think we should boldly get the hell out of here which is yeah, gonna be my new suit line. my new saying when i'm leaving work on a day i'm gonna boldly yeah. get the hell out of here guys um that's right so the titan warps out and then we get a lovely captain's log finally a captain's log um and then we have a lovely scene between Riker and Deanna, mm. um, where yeah. he's just basically saying, look, I know I've done wrong. I know what I've been like. I want to change. I want to change for you. Um, and, I, and I think, again, Jonathan Frakes, his, his acting, I, I, I've truly... Yeah. I mean, Halton, you're under- the director. Yeah. <laughs> I've truly underestimated how, how good of an actor Jonathan Frakes can be. Um, and this, th- these four episodes have just—he's blown it out of the park. Every every single scene that he's been in, and then we get the lovely cliff, well, cliffhanger, little teaser with Jack washing his face, yeah, and then we see yeah. the red vines, the red door, which I want to paint black. Rolling Stones reference for you, <laughs> big lovers. Mm, um, and then little, little things of clouds <laughs> and <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Um, That'll be in the next yeah. bloody episode. The next time they need to be like, this happened in the past. They'll be like, oh, it's painted black now. And then, yeah. and and that's it, you know, and yeah. show over. And for me, this season of Picard has not suffered what the first two seasons did, where it had a first good first episode, a couple of episodes, and then yeah. dropped off. We this broke is the gone. curse. This is gone. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Successfully the, brilliant. Yes. The third episode was downhill. Well, it was just so weird. Like the, season two, I was like, "Oh, thank God," because I I don't like season one. Season one, I was literally like, "Why did they do any of this? Like, what well, what is this? Like, you know?" And I didn't really like anything it brought to the table. And then in season two, I was like, "Oh, I really like this." And then it just goes bang, and you're like, "Oh, okay, right, okay." I I I'm enjoying it, but it's not really what I wanted. <laughs> I just think they spent too much time in the past. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I feel hey, like they Whoopi Goldberg's coming back as Guinan for an episode. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. You told me that on like, the tin, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, and I, so Joe. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, Joe. What were you, what were you going to say? Sorry, go on. Oh, I, I did. The, I think they did a disservice in the first season by building up this whole Android angst mm-hmm. and then kind of not, not really going back and getting into who made those original Androids. Uh, that went crazy on the Mars planet. What's going on with yeah. Mars? Because they were like, oh man, these androids went crazy and they killed everybody. Okay, so moving on, we're going to talk about data. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. Like, oh, it's it's like yeah. what we want to know more about that. Like uh, at least you yeah. know, I, I guess at least the idea exists in the universe now that someone could do a comic series about it. They could do a spin-off series about it, kind yeah. of thing. So it's it's like there, but it wasn't even framed in a sort of monster of the week kind of way where it's like, you know, you know how it's like going, Hey, here's a problem, but we're not going to mention it, but it's kind of going to exist at the side. But no, it was a shame because I, 
the, the thing with season one is basically all of the stuff I wanted to know more about was not the routes it went down. <laughs> kind of, I was like, oh, right, cool, can right. you go over here? No, nope, you're going, okay. Yeah. Like, whatever. So, but I did love the, the final goodbye to Data. I thought that was a very beautiful scene. Yeah. So could you tear me off now? You know, they, they kept going in that one thing. And yeah. I thought that was fantastic. And having Brent's final goodbye as Commander Data was just beautiful. So, yeah. 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 So, guys, I'm going to call to Joe first because he's our very special guest. What did you think of this week's episode? Oh, that's fantastic. I, I think they just keep hitting it out of the park. And and, and uh, here in America, we call it a home run. And they just mm. hit another home run. Uh, it's a baseball reference for the Niner fans. Uh, I, I just, I love the acting. I love the cinematography. I love that they made an excuse to keep the ship dark because the modern cameras are so good. You'll see all the little stitches and things in the makeup and the suits and, and whatnot. So you need to have a different type of film grade, yeah. unlike uh, what they had on the Enterprise D and Voyager, where you had this like kind of grainy film. So you know, you had no choice, but now we're so advanced in our technology for filming that we need to cover it up other ways. And I think they do a great job. And I'm, I'm so invested into this. I'm like constantly going, all right, well, if this is this, then this is this. And I'm always coming up with conspiracies. I'm like, Charlie, I don't know if you guys know, I'm always sunny in Philadelphia. I'm like, Charlie, yeah. oh, the lines <laughs> that connects to this. Ah, that meme you know, is amazing. So, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the greatest meme. <laughs> And that's that's how I spend my week up until the next episode, and I'm always giddy and anxious. I remember when the the first episode of this season came out; it was like Christmas. I was yeah. so excited! Oh my god, here we go, here we go, here we go! And of just like Christmas, when I was a young guy, I put the TV on. I said, "Okay, here we go. This is it. This is it." And I fell asleep. And I had to watch it later on when I came home from work. <laughs> I was like, oh, "I'm old now. I can't hang." <laughs> So but yeah, they're just Terry Metallus is knocking out of the park. I'm so excited to see what they do. Now I know that you know the 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 genesis of Shaw. I kind of had a suspicion that it was connected to Wolf because he had such disdain for Seven and Picard. So I was like, okay, there's something happened with Wolf. Maybe his wife died too, or his kids, or something like that. And for them to really get into it like that in this episode, I thought was a beautiful touch that loops everything together in the last three other episodes. And the only angst I have with this episode is we didn't get Worf and we didn't get Jordy because yeah. I really want that whole gang to get back together. Next episode. It has to be next, next episode. I, yeah, that's what I said last episode. And then here we are. Cause I thought like, well, we're going to say, we're going to say episode five. Now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think it's good though, that at least we respect that with this series being written so well it's the idea of when we get geordie it'll be good so it'll be worth it like and rather than reason. season one that was let's throw all the references in like higgledy piggledy kind of thing this feels very much like we will see him when it's time to see him and and i like that like uh the the wolf wasn't in this one and it just read look we're telling this story we'll get back to them because it might yeah. be the next episode's purely Wolf and Raffi, and I'd be fine with that. You know, yeah. really. So, I, so, so, Joe, go on. No, I, I'd be surprised if they would do an all Wharf episode. I mean, it would be interesting, but at the same time, it's like really a whole Wharf and Raffi. Like, well, the wonderful thing about do? Star Trek, because it's an ensemble cast, you can do that. It's like in DS Nine where they just go like, "It's a Ferengi episode." 
And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. So Cisco appears for like a shot, and then it's like, okay, cool. We don't need him for this, you know, because of yeah. the strength of it. You could like because it's so good this season. Yeah. So, so Graham, what did you think of this week's episode? Well, I, were we filming when I was gushing about being really excited throughout the episode? I can't tell if that was the us chatting. Find out by play. watching the video back. I can't. We're, we're <laughs> in the video. It's kind of it's too when bad. it's uploaded. It's too <laughs> bad to go back now. But, you know. I might have been recording the whole time. You never know. <laughs> See, if we, if, we, if we were live, if we were live on the thing, we could be asking the chat here. So there we go. But um, no, um, I absolutely adored this. And I'll if sorry if I'm reiterating here, but it's I just got genuinely excited for this. Like I literally had it waking up this morning. I got Snatch Talk done. I got all of my work done. Did yesterday and stuff. And then today I was like. On my lunch break, I'm going to sit down with some food and I'm going to watch Picard. I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to turn everything off. And I'm just going to sit there with a notepad and enjoy it. And it was so rewarding. Like, I I kept getting upset. Well, I, I kept getting sort of like... Yeah, I, ke- I kept kind of getting sort of like nervous that every time it faded to black, that was the end of the episode and it was going to finish. And I genuinely right, right. wanted to go and pause pause the show to go and make like a cup of tea or something. And then I was like, oh, but if I pause it, I'm going to see how much of the bar is left at the bottom. Yeah. Oh, you know, so I didn't, I just kept watching and it was like, and I'm like, I have not had that for for a show for a very long time, but it's because it was so very engaging and like, it's just brilliant. And I just want, now that we've kind of gone, oh, you know, the formula, you know what Trek is. And we have someone who's a showrunner who knows what Trek is. I'm like, keep doing this, please. Can we just have another eight season show of Trek that is of this quality? And I would be the happiest person in the whole world. But no, but I um, absolutely loved it. You know, enough references in it. The bleakness I absolutely loved because it made everything shine a bit brighter when they got through it. But my main points are I loved where it had Picard in the command chair with Riker sitting to his right again. And it was just this little detail, and they did make a fuss out of it, in you know, cinematography-wise. But it was the idea of going, "This is beautiful." Like you know, I lo- I love that, and I also loved the idea of. I loved that they solved the situation. Like it's like Sherlock Holmes and all these like Miss Marple mysteries and stuff, where all yeah. of, where it's good when all the components are there, so you can work. You could work it out yourself, and then afterwards you're like, ah. But then I found in a lot of the modern Trek, they kind of don't do that. They kind of have deus ex machinas where it just goes like, oh, they're saved by such and such. Or, And I was fully expecting at the beginning of the episode to be like, oh, they're going to fall into the gravity well. Oh, but Geordi's appeared in his ship and he saved yeah, them. And I'd be like, don't do that. Please don't do that. Like, And then it didn't. It went, no, they've worked it out using this stuff that we set up cleverly in previous episodes. You know, like the whole, oh, it's bioelectric signals. Why is that? Oh, it's because it's jellyfish people. Oh, you know. And yeah, it, I can't gush about it enough, but I will stop. Because, <laughs> you know, if I gush too much, there'll be fluid everywhere. It'll be the end of my 16 hours. It'll be nightmare. We'll all drown in gush. That's you the know, most horrible thing I've said today. <laughs> you guys end up watching the episode again? Twice, yeah. I've not time. I literally, I sort of watched it on my lunch break, then had to go back to work, and then basically mm. finished work, and immediately I'm here. So I'm like, oh, oh wow, okay. this but is. I the, will watch it again. This is the first time in a long time that I'm watching Trek and rewatching episodes where it's yeah. like 
I haven't done that since Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. oh man, I can't wait for that. Because for us, it was aired on, on one channel. And then if you stayed up really, really late on that same channel, they play it again. So I used to watch it and then stay up really late to watch it again. And that's the last time I did that. Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. oh my God, 30 years ago. <laughs> that's when Shaw got his friends killed. The only thing I'm going to, I mean, obviously I, I love this episode. The only thing I'm going to say, and I, and I spoke to Joe about this, the Enterprise C or something relating to the Enterprise C is going to be relevant in this series. And I don't know what, I don't know how, but we are seeing way more references than we should to mm -hmm. a ship that was lost 70 years ago in, in Star Trek time. Right. Um, Cause I was saying to you, Joe, like in the first episode of uh, this season, Picard's got a model of the C on his desk. We then see, uh, <laughs> we then see, the we then Garrett statue of garrett the red lady and then yeah. we've, we've just seen the enterprise c models and ships dotted throughout and it's it's subtle indications like that it's like there's there's a scene in 10 forward where there's a picture of guinan in the first episode and then in this episode there's a picture of guinan and crusher oh. and it's sort of like it's it's tiny little things like that that that, that for me i'm picking up and i'm like okay so the enterprise c What's going on? And goddamn, if I do not get Empress Sela, right, that'll be my only why. Because she, we need Dinesh Crosby. She didn't die. She, she did didn't not. die, Sela. No. So, no. so that, that she could absolutely be the one pulling the strings the whole way. Yeah. Can you I imagine? Mean, like she's the big bad. What do we reckon? Like what? What do we reckon? Give Give me a percentage out of a hundred that we're going to get Sela. Sixty. Eighty percent. Oh, you're going to eighty percent. Okay, so if you, yeah. I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be the pessimist here. I'm going to say fifty percent simply because if it's if if it is true, then Denise Crosby has just lied to fans because she's like, oh, they didn't ask me to be in it, and it's like, I bet they fucking did, you know. I've well, met I mean, Denise, and she would absolutely do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there uh, we go. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I forgot what somebody did that before, where it was like, no, they didn't ask me. So sorry. And then all of a sudden, they showed up. I think it was the fourth doctor in the reunion. Uh, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. I think they asked him, Tom Baker, I was like, are you going to be in it? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, everybody's back. Oh, oh. Well, <laughs> you, you lied yeah. to me, Baker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so no, overall, I, I would love that. Like, I, I think it'd be great, though, because it's, if this is the last season of Picard, then it is rounding up the next gen, like sort of thing. So I love that. I think Sela would need to appear because that's another loose end. Because we've got yeah. Law that's a loose end still. Because I know technically he's been taken apart, but I don't feel like he got a send off. Uh, well, right, actually, we know Law was taken apart. See the trailer, yeah. Like, so it's being done. But then yeah. Sela and Moriarty and... too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Moriarty was a loose end that they never tied up. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, and I'm so excited to see them. Like, I think, what other loose ends are there that they could possibly? So the conspiracy aliens, the bugs or... that have never appeared again. They're like, oh, yeah, well, we or affinity called by Jason <laughs> the butt bugs. The butt bugs. Uh, <laughs> the butt bugs. Yeah, they've never come back because they said they would. So yeah, if, yeah. if they end up being the ones behind everything, and that's what's controlling Sela. Oh God, that guy's gonna, Jason's never gonna let me live that down because <laughs> oh, I went God. in. On how wrong they were because they they had a theory that Riker was a changeling. I was like, no way, Riker wasn't a changeling. I just think he was affected by the emotional weight 
of his son passing and then Picard actually getting a chance to be with his son, who's an, an adult. Yeah. So I think that's why he acted the way he did. So guys, um, I think we're going to call it a <laughs> call it a day on this episode review. Um, I want to thank Joe for being our very special guest in this episode. This hey, is our first. This is our, my first guest ever, and I can't believe it's you. And I'm so happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> means a lot. Um, I really love what you guys do with Nerdy Up North. You guys are our friends across the pond, and uh, it's been an honor to be on with you guys. You guys are fantastic. Oh, thank you so much, John. I want to thank the lovely Graham. Um, as ever, my, my <laughs> co-host for existing. And uh, no, it's been <laughs> lo- absolutely lovely speaking to you, Joe. It's been like it's likewise. Been... Nice to meet you in in, in virtual person. <laughs> in virtual <laughs> person, <laughs> If you ever, if you ever come to England, we shall introduce you to the North, and then you will be on the first plane, probably back to the United States. Yeah, be like, oh, <laughs> anyway, um, suddenly, uh, no, suddenly Holland doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you are, if you are ever in England, we we would love to have a live podcast, have a live chat. Me oh talking. yeah yeah um, um so i i'm discovering my rel- my lineage and i am part welsh and irish so i wow. will definitely be visiting those lands uh my grandmother's family was was from yeah. wales and i'm trying to figure out exactly where it's all coming together so that's one of yeah. the mysteries so you'll be you'll be a guest appearance by captain joe dove hey guys <laughs> be prepared <laughs> it'll probably happen but uh, so be, so yeah, guys, give give uh, Spectrum Sanctorum uh, a, a follow on uh, all the channels. Like I said, everything is in below. I am pointing to something that doesn't. I'm pointing to my microphone right now, but through the magic of editing, there will be links uh, down below. And um, give them a follow. Give the lovely Velvet Snatch a follow. Yes, well that's it. Uh, please follow my uh, my drag Instagram, the Velvet Snatch, and on YouTube, the Velvet Snatch. That's where we're doing Snatch Talk. We have. Three more weeks of it. We've just released week three of the competition, like uh, yesterday when we're filming this. Uh, and then, yeah, there's three more weeks and then the final. So let's see what happens with it. But it's it's very fun to do, a bit exhausting. And then I've got no gigs at all in April. Way I've turned everything down. So basically nice. it means I'm just literally going to paint Warhammer, see friends, and be on a Nerdy Up North. That's the plan for April. So and speaking of nerdy up north, uh please please give us a follow uh, on the old YouTube, yeah. like, comment, and subscribe. Always wanted to say that. Like, comment, and subscribe mm. on YouTube. We are on uh, Facebook. We've got a wonderful Facebook community. Seven thousand two hundred people now. Can you believe what? that? People? That's a lot of nerds. Why do they want to <laughs> listen to us? I don't know. Um, we are also on Twitch, uh, where I am the positivity pony, as people are starting to call me now. Um, I have, I, I, I do have uh, the lovely. Where is it? There we go. I've got the lovely unicorn headband. Oh, there you go. Head, that everyone loves and thanks to uh the, the kindness of, of jake and euphoria i also have a cheetos hat so nice i don't know if it's basically them saying hey the frosted tips aren't working please cover them up with as much <laughs> stuff as possible i don't know if that's the case then i shall go brighter and i will go full guy fieri on all of you oh, um, oh the, <laughs> the people in america think i'm his cousin or something what so yeah, they always want to go. Can we dye your hair? I was like, why? So that you can look like Guy Fieri. I'm like, seriously? Oh, no. <laughs> I shall be the Guy Fieri Trekkie. So I'd be like, Helm set a cost for Flavor Town. Yeah. So, <laughs> great. 
but uh, <laughs> give us give us a follow on Twitter. It's twitch.tv slash nerdy up north. I am on Twitter, and I'm going to do a shameless plug on Twitter because I am doing all things Star Trek, as uh, Jaws found out today. I am, I am rubbing, um, I'm rubbing up to all the the Trek royalties. Um, I'm getting to know people. I'm speaking to people. I'm basically going, "Hey, Terry Metalis, I want to speak to you." <laughs> um, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, I have we to shall say, join this, forces. <laughs> this episode made me want to dig out because I've got a Twitter account for like Sinoise and I've got a Twitter account for like the Velvet Snatch, but I don't get Twitter. I I got it when it first came out, but now I'm just like going, "I am." No, I, I, you know, I this baffles me because every time I go on, it's like, hey, here's loads of posts that aren't by the people you follow, but they're like yeah. related, and you're like, this is not yeah. useful to me at all. Yeah, and but now like, it made me want to now. dig out Twitter to message Terry Metalis to reach out to be like, thank you, and that was just the weirdest sensation to be like, no, I must, I must tell this man, thank you. He's done such a great job. Yeah, he he has. So you can follow me uh, on Twitter at goodwill none and um, you'll probably see me by my god-awful face and unicorn headband and um, because i wanted a recognizable photo they were like oh who's that burke that's talking about star trek well he's got a headband right okay i know who he is oh he's um, a unicorn it's fine he's a unicorn yeah. we also have patreon guys don't forget we are on patreon at nerdy up north where the lovely sammy is uh, talking about game of thrones and she will also be talking about lord of the rings soon and um, nice. because she loves a lot of the rings uh we are also on tiktok as well god we are everywhere we are like cordis i'll follow you right now <laughs> uh, yeah nerdy up north uh, i i don't do the tick and the talk i'm i'm far too uh, uh i know happy i know most of you guys so <laughs> yeah so i i can't believe I, I get followers on tiktok and i'm like i upload a video like once a like two videos a year and i'm just like i hope you're enjoying the wait you know so you are the internet tomorrow and i'm just like hey you'll get it you are the internet historian of nerdy up north you may (laughs) upload one video a year but everyone will love you and everyone will follow you (laughs) yeah but guys thank you so much thank you so so much for for watching us talk about what we love which is star trek um we will see you next week for episode five. I can't wait till next week. To everyone watching, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper, Joe. Live long and prosper, Graham. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>